Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Two of the nightcap here on VSIN, and we've uh, brought in a guest from Pro Football Focus. It is George Shahuri, the other side of the PFF forecast. They him do and, a great job. Him and Welcome. Eric Eager. So we yeah. appreciate you stopping in. I'm uh, just watching this horrendous, disgusting uh, beat here for Gonzaga. This is, a, this is a melt if I've ever seen. My one. goodness. I mean, we're just gonna walk off the set. I mean, this is if Gonzaga blows this out, the Colorado blew it. We just gonna walk and off. That's the set. Un- so that's the crazy thing, George. About now they're not even trying to score because yeah, they're you know they, oh they we're up we're up nine. Yeah. Well, guess what? You've got alums there, Mark Few. You've got people who put some money down on you to win by a certain number. You're up by twenty. Just a mo- see. This is what gambling does to you, George. Because earlier today, the Chattanooga shot. I don't know if you've seen it. You've been did, out and about. So. We, I had Chattanooga plus 260 to win that conference tournament. Okay. So it was tremendous. Yeah. But this is just going to, you know, you're never, you're never too happy after the wins, and then you're just more mad after the losses. So it's, it's, there's, you're never. I, 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 wonder, I can deal with the losses. I wonder if this is what hooked Calvin Ridley in. Yeah. <laughs> this, guy, this kind of excitement. You know the first time you play a parlay, you're like, oh, this is easy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chet Holmgren's Actually, missing free throws. Actually, that's said by everyone that doesn't put the Falcons in their parlay. Right, right. You have the Falcons in your parlay, I'd never ask I think he did that to cover himself. Yeah. If I get caught, at least I bet with the Falcons. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what uh, 
we, we were talking about that last hour, and you know, certainly you at, at PFF, you do a lot uh, talking about gambling, yeah. uh, as you know, obviously we do. Um, but w- what do you think? Is this you know, Sean's kind of the mindset? And I, I tend to agree. This is more of an isolated incident. It was you know fifteen hundred bucks or yeah. whatever. Is this a issue moving forward for the league, or did they set an example today? They set an example of stupidity. Yeah, that, that's what they did. This is absolutely insane. So when Roger Goodell comes up there and says, look, we need to protect the integrity of the league, what he means is you can't have players betting on games that they're playing in. Mm-hmm. That's a disaster. This is the opposite. He was nowhere near the team. Mm-hmm. The, the, I don't know if people know this, but Atlanta, located in Georgia, do yes. you know where he was when he bet? Florida. Florida, yeah, a different place, a totally different place. He was not in, in meetings. Okay, he may have known so-and-so was like maybe more or less injured, Big whoop-de-doo. Yeah. This was not an issue of making the integrity of the game go away because he bet on it. Zero. Zero to do with that. An eight-game parlay. I mean, it's, it's not... I mean, it's, let it's, the it's man a lottery live. ticket. Let the man live a little bit, right? Like, so to me, to set a precedent of a whole season here, didn't you didn't need that to set a precedent. You could have given him a slap on the wrist and said, look, this is, you know, not acceptable and here's the punishment for it. Um, and then when someone, because here's the thing. What if someone actually does something wrong? We, like, it, I mean, you got to go lifetime ban, I guess, at that point. I just think because of the sensitivity that still exists at high levels in the NFL, yeah. with even their business attachment and association to yeah. gambling, I think it's a very sensitive and delicate issue. And I think they wanted to make a very strong point as it pertains to the players, this is we're not going to stand for this. Because it's Pandora's box. I mean, like you said, it was a stupid, 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 stupid decision. First of all, to gamble on football when he knows he can. And then yeah. to do it on your own phone, on an app that you registered. Like, I mean, but to again. the Falcons right, the West. Let's right. like not even, you know. But I'll say this, George. When Michael Jordan stepped away from basketball. Yeah. The public messaging was he's going to play baseball. Years later, we find out it was more to it than that. I still think there's more to this Calvin Ridley deal than what's going on. Because remember, he already was an absentee member of the Atlanta Falcons, and we never got a press conference that kind of clarified exactly what it is was going on. Initially, it was mental health. mm -hmm. Then it was family issues. Mm -hmm. Then we all thought, okay, the Falcons stink, so he's just going to take the year off, sort of like the Michael Thomas situation in New Orleans, once Jameis went down, that ankle got yeah, worse. You know? worse. <laughs> I, I love consp- – this is my first time being on the set here, by the way. Fantastic. The atmosphere here, this is a Monday night. The right. place is buzzing. But I love conspiracy, Sean. Right. I love it because I thought, I thought something very similar in that – think about the league's perspective, right? Okay. If that story comes out in the season and that's why he's not playing. Oh, right. That is a nightmare. Right. Completely different. Because think about how much money they're pulling in from that. Any bad press is terrible for what they're trying to build there, which is acceptance of gambling. Mm -hmm. Right? And so, look, I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, like Calvin really made up, you know, whatever issues he was dealing with. By the way, the the USF. This is over. They they just hate you. But. Yeah. um, Fallon. Start Fallon, USF. Come on now. 
it makes a hell of a lot more sense than the fact that then people going, oh, yeah, Calvin Ridley was throwing games but not picking up first down right. in 0-0 games. Right, which, which I saw somebody that. put some videos out. I mean, let's stop. <laughs> yeah. let's, please, please stop. Yeah, which I, and I told Tim, I, the one professional sport I think it's almost impossible for an individual player to mm-hmm. throw it would be football. I 100%. mean, it's almost impossible because there's 21 other guys on the field yeah. at all times, you know, so – I mean, how many? I mean, I guess how many times has Calvin really touched the ball? I could say could maybe you know mess with it. Elite quarterback, right? But, but then again, they're making Calvin Ridley fifty million a year, right. forty yeah, yeah. million a year, right? Yeah, yeah. how yeah. do you have on that game? Right, right. exactly. That is worth <laughs> right. throwing the game. Hundred percent. A ref, on the other hand, now that's so that's what I said. A ref that's could the do one it. that would be interesting. I mean, you look at Donahue in the in the NBA, right? But like they have, you know, the financial rationale could be there because they don't make that much money and they can actually make decisions in crucial moments. Yeah. That's the thing with an NFL player. Think about Calvin Ridley. Like for him to have an impact at like the end of the game, he's got to have a pass thrown his way. Right. I mean, in a great, great game, he touches the ball nine times. Right. <laughs> you know, they might have 70 snaps. By the way, uh, I know we have George in town. San Fran is down 10 with the ball. If they shoot and miss and foul, at least Tim might get a push. Mike. Oh. oh, we got a foul there. Come on, Chet got oh. hit in the hand. And we're going to Gonzaga. Yeah, you, go. you might get it. We might get a this foul. This will be an amazing cover. Well, it'll be a push. Gonzaga's up 81-71, 22 seconds left. Looks like they have the ball. Minus so if So, watch. Here's your way. Here's I'd your rather, way. By the way, just so people, just to point it out, and we do feel bad because George is here. George does this. This is why I came here. Yeah. I think so, San Fran's going to end it with the ball, too. No, number zero was okay. out of bounds. Um, so Gonzaga led 73 to 50 with eight <laughs> minutes to go. And, and by the way, San Francisco, my mindset of betting this game was twofold. Gonzaga's coming off a loss at the end of the regular season. Right. Secondly, San Francisco won on Saturday night, guys beat BYU pretty much locked up at a berth in the NCAA tournament. They haven't been in like two and a half decades. So I'm like, I don't know how motivated. I mean, it's Gonzaga. So they're probably, they were down 20 at half. Probably like, ah, we're good. Just, just, just mail it in for the second half. Let's go to the NCAA tournament. Nope. Here come the Dons. They're fighting away. Maybe Bill Russell gave him a halftime speech. I don't know. So um, if Gonzaga has the ball, yeah, inbound foul, make their free throws, quick San Francisco shot, another foul. I think. Oh, they don't foul though. At that I don't point. think they'd foul at that point. Yeah. I think they try. I think you might get a foul here, and then I think the the door is open for you USF might. to get You're, like that. I've later. coached eighteen year olds. You never know what they're you never do. know. I mean, look, yeah, this and, is look, the fact that they were down like what? 25, 23. Oh, yeah. they're not. And fouling. now now it's uh, Fallon. Oh, they're oh, going to foul. There we go. Fallon. Come on. They're going to get a backcourt. They don't get the ball across. Oh, Lord. Yeah, they're fouling. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Oh, they didn't fail. Oh, wow. That sucks. You know what I'm really excited for with this tournament? I hope Chet just shoots it. Shoot it, Chet. Shoot it. Shoot it. Have you seen you see Chet's dad? No. Oh, so Chet's Chet Holmgren's dad, Chet Holmgren maybe the number one pick in the NBA draft, um, is a funky-looking dude. Mm-hmm. His dad is also a funky-looking <laughs> old dude. He records every single game with a camcorder. The old-school joint? It's, yeah. The, like, like, remember Shaq? In <laughs> On the, the tripod, uh, the, yeah. In the uh, dunk contest. Yeah. Like, I think he has the same camcorder, uh, except he doesn't look like Shaq. And I can't wait for CBS to show him more than During any the tournament. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Well, he named his son Chet, so... Well, I hope uh, – now, I can't root against Gonzaga because we have a cigar bet for them to win this conference tournament. Uh-oh. But, yeah. 
What a You're what a melt. Rock in a hard place. Seventy three fifty. Eight minutes to go. I was I wasn't even like paying attention to this game. You think I was paying attention when Colorado was up? Yeah. Five one with nine minutes left in the third period. This is what happens. Jeez. Man. This is what happens. <laughs> Should have just called out tonight. And I could tell, SVP comes on. He's he's talking to Stanford he Steve. He knows. He knows what's yeah. happening. He feels all right. George is here. Let's talk some NFL. Uh, we got about a minute and a half till break. Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Green Bay Packer next year? Yes. Yes, I think so. And you hear a little bit of steam with the Broncos thing. My anticipation is he's going to get a ridiculous deal. The Packers are going to go all out. They're going to keep him. I don't. There's not that same tension that they had before. Right, it's just not there. He goes on the Panchakarma cleanse. He's eating clarified butter till everything <laughs> falls out. Now, that's not the type of guy that's coming back and going, you know, holding hand over fist, waiting for the Broncos to come get him. And honestly, the chances of him winning a Super Bowl are so much better with the Packers. You're gonna go to the Denver Broncos, join a new team, be in the AFC, AFC West and the AFC. The NFC's a joke. Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl. I agree. I just don't think Aaron Rodgers is the kind of guy that really self-evaluates at that high of a level. Like this run they have in Green Bay of not making Super Bowls, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any part of him that says, okay, it's because I haven't played at the level oh, so I'm capable of. Game. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think – I think he knows if he signs this market-altering deal and they bring Devontae Adams back, they pretty much got the same team. Mm-hmm. They're not adding any significant right. pieces. I don't know if he thinks that's good enough. Maybe uh, he's bringing Jordy Nelson back. <laughs> Bring him back from retirement. Hey, All right. Jim, One more Finley? segment. Weddle came back. With uh, George Sahuri from Pro Football <laughs> Focus. I promise no discussing the Gonzaga bad beat. I promise. Gonzaga bad beat free <laughs> on the other side. Get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with the VEASAN's full court bracket betting coverage. Start this Sunday with six hours of free live video streaming on VEASAN.com, including the full bracket reveal, opening lines for every game, our college hoop experts that include Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, JVT. Hey, look at that, George. That's my name. They call me a hoops expert. That's, I bet, I did bet. I did, yeah. Exactly. They will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with the VEASAN College Hoop experts on Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, free on VEASAN. The better half. I would never. That's just mean to That's Eric. Rude. That's just mean to Eric. But uh, George Sahuri, uh, PFF underscore George on Twitter. He and Eric, who joined us all throughout the season. Uh, have the PFF forecast, a great listen, and uh, the betting never stops because you can look at futures, you can look at the draft upcoming. Uh, so I know you guys have done it a little bit futures-wise, and at this point, still got the draft, still got free agency, mm-hmm. a lot still to unfold, but there are there any early futures numbers, whether it have been conference or Super Bowl, that, that jumped out at you? Yeah, the one that really jumped out at me were the Ravens. I think they were 20-1. to 1. Um, 
win the Super Bowl. And I, I like them also in that division. They were, if not the most, one of the most injured teams in the NFL last year. I mean, they just got absolutely demolished down to their quarterback, right. you know, and um, they were still competitive throughout, which tells you a couple of things that maybe people have forgotten. The first is that Harbaugh is a great coach, mm -hmm. maybe the best coach in the NFL. Um, there are a lot of good ones, but he is fantastic. And you think about getting Lamar back healthy, hopefully, um, and all of those other, and Marlon Humphrey, when Marlon Humphrey got hurt, they win another game. Right. And I mean, that type of, the, the injuries that they had, I want to say it was the top four guys in terms of cap hit for them, um, played less than half the season. So that's a team, it's kind of a, both a fade of the Bengals, yeah. who I think, look, I, great story, it was amazing. Um, the city you live in also, by yeah, the way. Yeah, the city Jeff. I live in. <laughs> but like, oh man, they, they play, this was their game plan. We're gonna run Joe Mixon, until we're down and we have to just let Joe Burrow cook. And we're gonna hope it works. And it worked. And they, you know, they got, you know, lucky in a few situations with other teams kind of melting down. I kind of have a feeling that the Bengals are not gonna make the playoffs. Ooh, I bet you get a nice price on that when those yeah. come out. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised to see the Browns do something aggressive. Baker Mayfield, also a guy that was injured all of last season. He's not great, but he's sure as hell not as bad as he was last year. So when I look at futures, if you're going to tie your money up for a long time, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to take one that is a little bit of a longer shot. I'm not going to have to put down, you know, a right. couple units in yeah. order to get my money's worth. Um, and, you know, what's the fun in betting the favorites anyways? <laughs> I love it. The Ravens? Yeah. I. It's funny. Pittsburgh's unsettled at quarterback. So yep. is Cleveland. Like you say, I think Cincinnati takes a step back before they take one forward. I mean, and in a one-and-done situation, I mean, Lamar's been on the stage now multiple times and failed, so I think he's ready if he catches Allen or Mahomes in an AFC championship to finally, you know, climb that obstacle. So I like it. I, I do, too. I mean, and it's it's all about, you know, finding those teams that were just decimated by injuries. Mm -hmm. And and to your point, maybe a, a division that you do see someone to fade a little bit. And I, I think – we all saw what Cincinnati did. They're the the the, the shiny new toy. I'm and definitely taking the under. I'm just hoping that it's double digits. What do you what do you think it's going to be? Ten and a half. Ten and a half. That'd be my guess. Wow. Because it was yeah. six and a half last year, but they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Like think about the jump that Washington made. They went from five and a half to eight and a half, and that was off a seven and nine year, and they you know played the Buccaneers. Yeah. Close. And the only reason I say that is because they have enough cap space to add a couple That's right. veteran offensive they're, linemen. They're like Teron Armstead or something. the only significant player that they had that was up for contract was Bates, and they just franchised they just him. him. Yeah, that's a really good point, right? And last year, going into the season, there was a lot of question mark with Burrow's injury as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There were six and a half ten, this year. Yeah, ten, I mean, the, and the, by the way, the Washington number, yeah. that one sky, that one moved a lot from when it they opened. They were the most, I heard pre- uh, I think it was I think it was John Murray over at the Westgate said preseason there was no team bet on more to win their division than Washington. If Washington stayed healthy and started with Fitzpatrick, I think Washington was a nine, ten win team. Maybe. Their, think de they, their defense. No, I'm not I'm not a huge Chase Young fan, but Chase Young got hurt. Uh, the running back was hurt, the receivers were hurt, yeah. Fitzpatrick, like they battled a yeah. lot of injuries too. I mean they were playing 
not great quarterback. And then they start Don't. fighting each other yeah. on the sideline. Yeah, yeah, it was it was not. <laughs> I want to uh, George uh, George Shahuri from Pro Football Focus. Uh, I just say it fast. Uh, I it's like know. hitting. It's like hitting a golf ball. I just say it Think fast. Too long, you yeah, shank. Exactly. It. Um, let's get to some anything. You guys now uh, over at PFF, and feel free to give it a plug. Uh, you know, heavy on the draft yes. as you should be. Um, we best just, draft coverage in the game. We just saw. I mean, equal to Devisen. You know, uh, on, the, mm-hmm. on the same, there you go. same okay. level. A uh, <laughs> little different. Little, yeah, a little different. Yeah. You guys go a little more into the numbers, but no, great stuff. Mike Renner's phenomenal uh, at what he does, and a lot of other folks there. So, uh, have you made any draft bets yet? I have. Okay, what do you got? Uh, I have Evan Neal, um, my guy Eric Eager, by the way, PFF Forecast. You should check it out. Um, that guy, we are big Eric Eager fans on the yeah, show. Yeah, big Eric Eager fan, and he uh, found Evan Neal at 9-1. to one Really? Like, look, wow. we should bet this. And so I did bet Evan Neal at 9-1. To, one. to be um, the first pick? Yeah, to be the first overall pick. And that number, obviously, you cannot get Minus more. 110 right now at yeah. DraftKings. And that one's going to be super interesting, man. I, I There was a little steam coming out of the combine. It's like, oh, the Jaguars are not, you know, sold on mm-hmm. whatever. But teams are going to throw that out. You know, oh, that's yeah. their goal is to, to not tip their hand. I have a hard time. I have a really hard time going, we invested in Trevor Lawrence, and now we're going to go edge rusher at one. I just, that one I, I have struggled with. Here's the one that I think is more likely than maybe people are giving it credit for. The Lions are picking it too. Aiden Hutchinson makes all the sense in the world. Went to Michigan, from Detroit, or from the, the Michigan area. Um, they need a quarterback. Malik Willis looked really good at the combine. He also showed that he's a great person. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys saw that. The video Went of the, and helped the homeless, out a homeless man. guy. Yep. Um, for all accounts too, crushed all of the press conferences. Like yes. Everyone came away. We had uh, Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal on, and we're like, "Who impressed you?" He goes Malik Willis. He was like, "His he was tremendous on the at the mic." And then you see the sixty-five yard throw, and it's incomplete, know. by the way. No, we completed that one. The, the one he overthrew. The, he overthrew the next yep. one, I think. Yeah. But it looked nice though. Yeah. But you don't see the it overthrow. Means it's second <laughs> and ten. They don't show the overthrow. Yeah, it's second and ten. Oh, the, I, I would not take. I personally would not take Willis at two. No. Um, no way, no how. I would take Hutchinson at two if I'm there. Um, but that one is a little interesting to me, and I think Hutchinson's um, over/under is two and a half right now. Yes. Um, juice towards uh, juice towards the under, the under pretty heavily minus, minus two dollars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like I'm, you know, I think it's more likely than not that he goes to Detroit. But at those numbers, think about the um, think about the leak Willis steam, and then here's one, Mod Gardner, sauce, sauce. sauce. Dude, is so good. I love this guy. So good. I absolutely he love Maude Gardner. So think about cornerbacks, and you think about the mentality that they come with, right? So first off, this guy didn't allow a touchdown at Cincinnati. You've probably seen that stat everywhere. It came from PFF. You should go get a PFF subscription so you know it first. Um, and, and you can brag about it. The Jets are there at four. You're telling me he doesn't walk into an interview with Robert Salah, and they don't hit it off? Like that type of mentality that type of player, he's long, he's fast, he can play in Salah's defense, I think, really, really well. Change of direction is really his, like, one kind of weakness. I love that. I think under seven and a half. Yeah, I, I think my – it's either 
I would guess at four, it's either Hamilton or Gardner, mm-hmm. right? Both, either one of those would make sense, and either one would not be wrong. I mean, both those dudes are freaks of nature. Yes. Like, and they're immediate starters, and I think immediate impact players in the NFL. Safety, safety is, we hear from all the teams um, consistently, safety is like the hardest thing for them to kind of peg from a value perspective. Corner, corners get paid. Yeah. You know? Like, and, you know, we saw Jamal Adams go for two first-round picks at the, at the Seahawks, which had that one back. Um, but I think corners probably is more premium position there. And Derek Stingley, a lot of question marks around injuries. Oh, you got to go sauce over Stingley. Yeah, the guy's name's Sauce and backs it up. So two things. I haven't gotten through all the guys yet, but I'm, 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 making, I'm making ground. I'm making a lot of progress. Derek Stingley, somebody's going to regret taking him because you Ooh. cannot coach – Effort, heart, desire, passion. And Kayvon Thibodeau should be the number one pick in the draft. Really? And people are going to look back at the end of next year and really regret passing on, in my opinion, the most dynamic playmaking player in the draft. Why is he not? Because remember, he was number one. We got to come back from a break. We'll get it on the other side. It's interesting because he was number one with the bullet, right? Yeah, he was. It's the nightcap here on VEASAN. the Sports Betting Network. It is the nightcap here on Beeson. And uh, folks, the KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. Mm, that looks delicious. Sean, don't you wish you had one of those right now? Say it again. Yeah. Oh, I need something. Yeah. When you're sad, do you eat? Is that what happens? Oh, yeah. I still can't believe the Avalanche lost a 5-1 lead. <laughs> Jeez, whiz. <laughs> good man. Oh, yeah. Yep, so I just then tweet- you had Gonzaga, you up 23. I tweeted out the, uh, what's the Alonzo morning gif where he's like, mm. yeah, he's on the bench, like, head. and he goes, that's, that's me. I was like, I cast two conference championship futures. Great. But then I had Oral Roberts' money line. I think they lost by, like, 90. It's been a while since we had a night like this. Because normally, like, if we're wrong, like, I mean, we're all the way wrong. Mm. Like, we got the favorite minus six, and they're down, like, 25. Yeah, like, just... yeah, like, we don't really get a lot of bad beats, per se. Uh, we had two terrible ones tonight. Overtime. What was the overtime game that happened the other night? When I, I had – oh, I had – Auburn? A, I, had a, I had Mississippi State yeah. catching four – Going into overtime. But you know what overtime is. Oh, that's where dogs are going to die. Happened again this weekend. Anyone who had Texas. Texas was catching six and a half, lost by seven in overtime. That's what happens. Overtime sucks. Overtime is the worst. It is. It's where dogs are going to die. just do it like soccer. I was talking to – we were talking to Derek Stevens on Friday night, and I was complaining about earlier in the day a conference tournament game. I bet North Carolina A&T plus seven. Go to overtime. They lost by 14. What? Can I – I won. I won the bet. I properly projected that the underdog through 40 minutes of basketball, yeah. George, would not lose. So, by more so than you're, you're, you're a numbers guy. Yeah. So Derek posed a question to Tim. He said, if we created a basically, in hockey, it's like a three-way win, mm-hmm. where you took a team 
And if the game was tied at regulation, you won the bet. What would you be willing to lay? Like what juice would you lay? Yeah, so like 115. That's what I was thinking. It's, it's, it's essentially, and I said this too because we never do it, right? It's like when playing blackjack and the dealer should win an ace. Insurance? Everyone says no. Yeah. That's what that's what overtime insurance would be. I, I mean, overtime, I don't I know this in the NFL, but I don't know in basketball what how often mm-hmm. overtime happens. I'm guessing that it would be too steep of a price to pay whatever juice. Oh, I definitely make it minus one forty, minus one fifty. Minus one fifteen is not exactly you're holding people over yeah. the table and beating them with a stick at that point. Right. But I do like the way that um soccer does it. You know, where it's like, hey, look. If the team's good enough to tie, like they're good enough to tie. No. You have to really learn the soccer rules in order to bet soccer. Yes. It can really. Yes. <laughs> you can be sitting like there going, you have to I know. think I won. Right. You're like, no, those are penalty kicks. Yeah. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking to George Shahuri hanging out with us. Nice enough to hang out for three segments. Uh, check out the PFF forecast, uh, pff.com. It is uh, a incredible tool uh, and a subscription to have come draft season. So, you wanted to continue to yeah. pick the brain of Mr. King here mm-hmm. on Kayvon Thibodeau, whose stock has seemingly started to drift south uh, with the emergence of Neal, uh, the emergence of Hutchinson, even Icky out of uh, mm-hmm. NC State's got some. I've got, I took him at plus 650 when he was catching some buzz. Here's the crazy thing before we go back to Sean. When Dane Brugler put out his first mock draft mm-hmm. over at the Athletic, he was 100 to 1. To be the first pick, he went to five to one after one mock draft. <laughs> yeah. So decent. Uh, Dane Brugler does a phenomenal job, and uh, also check out the beast as he puts out every year. But uh, fire away on Mr. King here. Yeah, it's very interesting because almost every mock draft that you saw had Thibodeau one overall, mm-hmm. right? And I mean Hutchinson definitely played well, and towards the end of the season, you know Kayvon wasn't nearly as dominant, you know, and was dealing with injury and whatnot. But it is interesting because from an athleticism standpoint, I mean, Kayvon is insane. It's not as if Aiden Hutchinson is Jordan Davis out there. Right. You know, and that? that was ridiculous. And you look at, you know, you look at the pass rushers that dominate. They're, they're the freaks of nature athletically. So it is weird to me that he kind of fell off. Why do you think it is? Well, same reason Aaron Donald didn't go one or Khalil Mack. Sometimes I think people talk themselves out of what their eyes show them. And if you're looking for a organization-altering, defense-changing type talent, that's Kayvon Thibodeau. And I think some of the issues were maybe injuries, but again, he's playing on an Oregon team that once they got out of the Pac-12 championship hunt, he still showed up, still played. You know, he's a guy that's been there. When you've put it, so here's where I look at the first round draft. Let me give you some context. To me, the first round draft is where you go for elite talent. Mm-hmm. Now, you wanted to be productive in college. I'm not saying swinging for the fences like everybody's ranting and raving about Jordan Davis. Yeah, he's athletic. Yeah, he's big, but his production doesn't match up with that skill. Right. So I would be much less hesitant to take him than Kayvon Thibodeau, who I've seen what he can do on the edge. And you right. put him in a defense with Josh Allen, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Jacksonville, now you have two young dynamic pieces and get to the quarterback. And the best thing you can do with Trevor Lawrence is get him the ball more, get him the ball on short fields, you know, have a, a team where when you get the lead and the other team has a throw, they can really be at their best, which is getting after the quarterback. So 
Evan Neal, to me, is safe. I think Evan Neal's a, a solid, top-level offensive lineman. He's played multiple positions. I don't think you can ever go wrong. But, again, Cincinnati swung for the fences. Jamar Chase, life-changing type of talent. Uh, Panay Sewell, going to be a starter a long time. But it's Jamar Chase that helps you win the games. I think if you do a good job of evaluating, especially the NFL component of free agency, you can acquire offensive linemen to bolster good, your yeah. offensive line. It's interesting because you're you look at all the teams at the top, they all suck. Right. They're terrible. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you look at the Bengals. Bengals are a good example. Why were the Bengals picking at five? Well, they sucked, and Joe Burrow got injured. Six twenty-five and one was yeah. Zach Taylor's record. Yeah, it was not into not this great. Year. Not great. <laughs> and the offense didn't change uh, other than Joe Burrow being insane. But to your point, you are looking for a player that can add one, two, three wins. Now, it's really hard to find that with anyone other than a quarterback, but if you are going to get real value in the draft, and that means acquiring a player who normally you'd have to pay like $25 million mm -hmm. at a discount because of the rookie deal, like look at edge rusher. That's definitely one where you can find that value and picking a guy that can be that elite, I, I do think makes a ton of sense. One thing that I do wonder if this is playing against cave on a little bit is Aiden Hutchinson has a lot of really good PR, right? They go beat Ohio State. He's great on the mic. He's a really personable guy. His story is fantastic. And cave not that he's not a fantastic guy, but he doesn't have that same kind of aura about him. California kid. Yeah, he's got. They're just different. As a California kid, yeah. I know. They're yeah. just different. Yeah, yeah. But, they're just different. But he has his own cryptocurrency. Like he's playing chess on with his cryptocurrency versus people. Like it's a different mindset for sure. And I wonder if NFL teams, I mean, we know how freaked out they get about literally anything that, that, you know, they don't understand. I wonder if that's throwing them off a little bit. And they're like, all right, we get, you know, salt of the earth, Aiden Hutchinson. We get this guy. California kid, we're a little hesitant. And, yeah. and, and I always call it the Jordan versus LeBron argument. You don't have to diminish one to big sure. up the other. Right. So I don't have anything negative to say about Hutchinson. I think he's going to be a rock-solid player. I just think Kayvon, at his best, is better than Hutchinson at his best. I think he's more dynamic. I think he uh, provides more chaos for the opposing team's quarterback. I mean, look who took over that game in the fourth quarter for the Rams. It was Aaron Donald. It was a pass rusher that made Joe Burrow get uncomfortable on fourth and one. And he should have been MVP. Kayvon's that kind of rusher, yes. Von Miller, who was on that team, was mm -hmm. MVP of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, when they won, when he was with uh, the Broncos. Like, those guys are hard to find. Those guys that can naturally bend at an elite level. And if there's one issue I have with Hutchinson, he's kind of stiff-hipped. Like, a lot of his rushes are power moves mm -hmm. where he overpowers these college tackles. Those guys in NFL bigger, stronger, yep. better technique. So, will that translate? Probably in some fashion. But he's not twitchy and elite, in my opinion, like Thibodeau. And what we've seen mathematically with edge rushers is they do a very good job of consistently, you know, elite guys can remain really productive for a while. But you look at a guy like Von Miller who's done that. Mm -hmm. He has, what you know, that, that freaky bend, but also he's got a wide arsenal of moves that he can leverage. And that, I think, is what really helps those edge rushers continue on into their career. So, you know, I don't want to diminish either one of them, but I think it's something to consider, certainly, He's four and a half is his over under right now. You think about the Jets sitting there, like the Giants sitting there, 
I think one of those teams probably going to be really happy that he's still well, there. And I would love to pair him in New York in the Giants with the kid from Georgia they drafted last mm-hmm. year. It was uh, a Jerry, I think. Is, yeah. is, is, I mean, they'd George have Lark. two dynamic, you know, edge guys. George, before we let you run, we got uh, 15 seconds. How confident are you that Willis is the first quarterback selected? Minus 160 confident? I'm pretty confident. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Kenny Pickett, like, is having trouble eating. He can't pick up forks. Uh, <laughs> someone tiny. handed him an apple and it just fell out of his hand. <laughs> He's also not Dan Marino. Five, man. Go have fun in Vegas. <laughs> That's George Shahuri. Desmond Ritter goes before Kenny Pickett. Oh! There you go. <laughs> This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24 7 streaming daily best bet emails and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only 19 bucks, whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against this spread our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament get analysis from our experts hoops peterson matt humans jvt i'll throw in a pick here and there we've got insights on every key team conference and player to uh, players to watch from the favorites to the potential cinderellas sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to vsin through april 5th for only 19 bucks vsin.com slash madness alongside sean king I am Tim Murray. Our guy, Jared Smith, he's going to join us earlier this week. I felt like before all the madness ensued, we'll get his opinions. I know a a play that he really liked tonight is uh, cruising to a victory. That would be Northern Kentucky. So well done, Mr. Smith, on that one. Um, I mentioned that Reed, a Cinderella. Uh, People were keeping an eye on a a, a team that would maybe make a Cinderella run. Well, they will not. Uh, The Towson Tigers, who were... Uh, a top 100 Ken Palm team out of the CAA tournament. And Delaware will play UNC Wilmington for the auto bid tomorrow night. So UNC Wilmington, who got off to their red-hot start, uh, they have beaten Charleston, and they will be playing for the conference crown tomorrow night. Um, but we got a whole plethora of conference tournaments coming up. And, you know, we've... Spent about an hour and 45 minutes on the show here, Sean, and haven't mentioned your beloved Dukies. Good. What happened on Saturday night? We lost. Yes, you did. Yep. Uh, in the unlosable game, apparently. So what did I say? I didn't say I'd bet North Carolina. I still think North Carolina, they're playing better. Still think they have a lot of issues, but they're, they're playing <sighs> better. I'll give them that credit. But I just felt like I wouldn't lay the number. I stayed off, did not touch it. I didn't foresee that unfolding. So moving forward, is your glass half full or half empty on the Blue Devils as a, when it comes to the ACC tournament and when it comes to the NCAA tournament? Well, let me just say this. Every championship team in basketball, in my opinion, needs a plumber. Like somebody when the house starts flooding that can go turn the water off. And <laughs> if Paolo Banchero starts to play like a potential number one pick, then I think we have a chance to win it. But he didn't play good. You know, when North Carolina started to make their comeback, you know, it was Paolo that had trouble getting his own shot and couldn't finish 
at the rim, and all of his jumpers were short. So, you know, if you tell me that he's going to play like a, a, a lottery pick, I, I lost Zion Williamson during his tenure there, then, yeah, Duke can win the ACC and the NCAA. As much as I love Duke, I think they're a bet against. And as we get into this ACC bracket, you're going to see I'm actually fading Duke. I don't think they're going to win the ACC Conference Championship, and ultimately I don't think they're going to win the NCAA Championship because I do think Paulo's slightly overrated. I don't think he plays his best in the biggest moments, and that's an issue for a team that does not really have a lot of depth. Paulo Boncaro had 23 points, uh, but was 11 of 26, one of five from the field, one of five from three, I should say. Uh, Do you know how many shots in a college game 26 attempts is? Uh, like, he, that's a lot for an NBA player. He had a third of Duke shots, over a third. Well, I, I disagree. I, I think Duke wins this conference tournament, and I think losing on Saturday was the best thing that could have happened to them, and I bet him again to win this conference tournament today here at Circa, minus 120. And I like the way the bracket uh, unfolds for Duke. Mm-hmm. Their quarterfinal round will be against Florida State or Syracuse. Syracuse, you know, historically, everyone. this is what everyone says about Syracuse. Well, it's hard against that zone. In the NCAA tournament, when people have seen it, the ACC's seen this thing countless times. I mean, Duke just went up to the Carrier Dome and, and obliterated them. Florida State is decimated with injuries. Leonard Hamilton's a good coach. Uh, but I, I think that is a, a walkthrough. The semifinal matchup would be either against Miami or Wake Forest. I think Wake Forest could be a tricky situation, and I've seen some people say that maybe Wake Forest is worth a uh, a bit of a long shot. Uh, here at Circa, I'll just pull up the uh, the current odds for Wake Forest. Uh, that's 8-1. to one. I know you like Wake a little bit. Uh, yeah. They're currently 34th in Ken Palm. But, you know, for me, I look at the bottom half of the bracket. Virginia Tech is the seventh seed. By the way, they're going to be a favorite, assuming they take care of business against Clemson or NC State. They'll be a three- or four-point favorite against Notre Dame. That'll be stinky poo. Uh, You look at the way Ken Palm puts out its ratings. Virginia Tech's 29th. UNC's now 32nd. Notre Dame's 47th. Uh, And then Wake Forest is 34th. So of the... Outside of Duke, three of the four best teams per Ken Palm are actually in the bottom half of the bracket. Virginia is kind of a, always a, a tricky team. They're 74th and 72nd in Ken Palm. I think the bottom half of the bracket is, is tricky, and I think the way it breaks out for Duke. And then lastly, I just look at the way Coach K after that game, you know, saying, I'm sorry about this afternoon. Today was unacceptable. How do you think practice is this week? I think you're going to get a ultra-motivated Duke squad in Brooklyn. This is the third time the conference tournament's been in Brooklyn. They won it the first time. They didn't win the second time. They're going to have the majority of the fans there. I think this was a wake-up call to them, and I think they, when you look at teams with far superior talent everywhere in this bracket, I think Duke rises to the occasion and takes care of business. So here's how I'm going to fade my squad. I'm taking one team from their side of the bracket and one from the other. So I'm going to ride with Wake Forest and North Carolina. Uh, One thing that kind of continued to pop into my mind in that game is North Carolina may be very good right now. Like there were times early in the season, the home loss to Pittsburgh, you know, where you looked at the Tar Heels and was like, he he might be in over his head, Hubert Davis, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but – 
The way he has them playing at the end of the year where they won 10 of 11. And the home loss to Pittsburgh was February 16th. Right. Um, but, again, they're playing their best basketball at the best time to be doing it. So, I'm going to take North Carolina plus 550 and Wake Forest plus 800 and hopefully get both of those teams to the ACC championship game and be free rolling. Yeah, I, I think I, I laid minus 120 with Duke. Yeah, I wasn't I, doing that. I said it last last week on the show. Um, I think the rollover, you know, the rollover police was out in full force. I don't think that this is a money line rollover situation. They're going to be a massive favorite against Florida State or Syracuse. There'll be a pretty sizable one if Miami sneaks back Wake Forest. And then for Wake Forest to pull this upset, it'll be their third game in three days. Um, I'm not overly impressed with Coach K this year. I feel like us not developing a bench over the course of a season is an issue. I thought he by the way, kind of was an absentee coach. Your during guy those, Jeremy Roach had 15 points. Right. He, was only he actually playing played well. his good game. Yeah. I thought a lot of ways in that game, Coach K was an absentee coach. You didn't feel like Duke should have called some timeouts doing some of those North Carolina runs. I mean, every time they pan to the sideline, Coach K just over there chilling. So – I know what he said after the game. I would have rather we were more aggressive in-game, calling timeouts, trying to change some things schematically, you know, at least doubling the little guard for North Carolina that was killing him. We continued to allow him to go one-on-one, put us in pick-and-rolls, and, and just have a YOLO type of game. We never made any adjustments. So, so me fading Duke is about more than just the players. It's also about, hey, you know, I don't know that I'm getting elite, you know, anything from my squad right now. And – I do think on their best night, they're capable of beating anyone in the country with they've proven um, in wins over Gonzaga and Kentucky. But I just also think they don't consistently play a full game of basketball. You know, even in a conference this year in the ACC that was down, too many games where they let mediocre teams hang around and then Duke goes on this one big run and we kind of coast home. Like, I think that catches up with us. So I'm going to take Wake Forest who's on the side of the bracket with Duke, and I'm going to take North Carolina, who's on the other side. And hopefully we can get those two teams to the ACC championship. So you don't bet on your team, but you're going to bet against them. Yep. Seems counterintuitive. Um, I, I think Duke wins. Um, and like I said, I've already bet. If you're right, then I'm right. Yeah. Multiple. Yeah, I'm fine. Well. But my money and pulling from my pockets is um, slightly different. You also, on Friday, uh, made a ill-advised bet with me on their seat. Uh, you know, I just felt like I needed to have something on paper backing my guys, you know? <laughs> and now you're going to put money against them. By the way, um, don't bet on Notre Dame. That's You're throwing your money. You're, you're lighting it on fire. And if Notre Dame wins the conference tournament, clip this off, you can send it to Old Takes Exposed. Feel free. <laughs> Honestly, like, mark it down. Notre Dame's not winning the conference tournament. They are the two-seed. They're going to be an underdog in the quarterfinals against Virginia Tech. They'll be an underdog against North Carolina if they get by Virginia Tech, which they probably won't. And then they are a horrendous matchup against Duke. Honestly, for my bet's sake, I hope Notre Dame makes the championship game. I don't. They cannot be Duke. Does that mean North Carolina did it? Exactly. Duke-Notre Dame. Let's hate make it happen. Come on, Irish. You can get there. Go Duke, right? Look at you. Going against your team? 